Welcome to the Guidance with Grace podcast. My name is Grace, a personal trainer and nutrition coach in college recreation and wellness here at Columbus State Community College. I'm here to bring you the facts about current health and wellness trends and clear up any and all misunderstandings about various health and wellness topics. Along with expert guests, my goal is to help you discover what wellness means to you and help you make informed decisions during your health and wellness journey. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Guidance with Grace. My name is Grace, and today's all about blood pressure. Um, I'm sitting here with Don Hawkinsmith. Welcome back. Hello. Um, pulled in the pro for this one. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about heart health because I think there's a lot of things that is just nice to kind of refresh your memory on. Mm-hmm. Like I even, as we were talking, just, you know, talking about and how things get updated. Right. Like we yep. have new recommendations and guidelines for blood pressure. So uh, let's just dive right in sure. uh, talking about the definition of blood pressure, kind of what it means. Um, and then we'll also talk about how, what affects yeah, blood pressure. Absolutely. So blood pressure, we usually know that it's defined or it's, it's read as two numbers. So we have a higher number over a lower number. So we have our systolic blood pressure over our diastolic. And the most common, we always hear 120 over 80. And we'll talk about those um, parameters. Um, but that's how it's said is one number over the other number. And so the blood pressure um, in general is the measure of the force or the pressure that is um, exerted by the blood on the arteries. And we can measure that, obviously. We probably mm-hmm. have all had our blood pressure taken multiple times. Um, but the two numbers, um, the systolic and the diastolic, it's really easy to remember. If you think back to like when you were learning fractions in mm. like elementary, middle school, whenever you learn fractions, the denominator, we always thought of it as like the down number. It was on the mm-hmm. bottom. So I always teach my students the diastolic. It starts with that, with a, a D. It's the down number. It's on the bottom. So that's how we kind of keep track of systolic and diastolic, um, which one's which. But the systolic blood pressure, it's the um, it's the force or the pressure uh, in the arteries during what we call mitocardial contraction. Um, and that forces the blood through through the arteries. Mm-hmm. And then the diastolic blood pressure, that's the filling phase in between the contraction. Um, and so that represents the lowest pressure in the artery during a cardiac cycle. And so we have another couple of terms that we use as well. We have pulse pressure, mean blood pressure. Your pulse pressure is the difference between the systolic and the diastolic. Um, and that's what you can feel. That's your pulse mm-hmm. that you can feel on your wrist. You can feel it in your neck. That's what you can, when we're counting beats per minute, that's what we're doing is counting the pulse pressure. And then the mean blood pressure, just like it sounds, it's the average mm-hmm. of the um, pressure that occurs in the arteries during the cardiac cycle. Mm-hmm. So. so some of the things that change of course one right off the bat you know i think a lot of people would recognize that even just from sit to stand your blood mm-hmm. pressure will adjust oh, to movement and so the more vigorous <clears throat> that movement gets if it's more of like a sustained activity or exercise exercise definitely is going to have an effect on your blood pressure yep. um and kind of going into the exercise part why does exercise have a good effect on our blood pressure in a lasting yeah. way. Yeah. So some things that happen when we um, exercise, what we want to happen, what a normal um, 
a normal reaction of our body is that our systolic blood pressure will go up. Again, that is the force or pressure in the arteries. That's going to go up because if we're exercising, we're going to need more blood forced through the arteries, through the body, um, to our working muscles. And so our systolic blood pressure while we're exercising, it'll go up. Um, and then our diastolic, it usually stays the same in healthy conditions and normal conditions. It stays the same. And again, that's that filling phase between, and that's because we have vasodilation happening and because there's more room for all of that blood to be moving. That's why that blood, that diastolic number doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So, um, or if it, if anything, if it it either stays the same or it might even decrease a little bit, it might go down a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, because of that dilation. So that's going to happen. Um, but when that doesn't happen, so sometimes if we have an increase in intensity and our blood pressure doesn't go up, our pulse rate doesn't go up, it doesn't elevate, um, that can be a sign of a cardiovascular problem. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, and so over time, it's just like with anything, you train and it gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can kind of have that lasting effect on just overall health yes. outside of your workouts um, because it's it's getting better. Like if, if anybody has ever exercised, you can measure progress by being able to lift more weights. Maybe you lost some weight. Maybe yeah. you're more flexible depending mm-hmm. on what your goals are. It's the same thing with the heart. Yeah, and it's so a it use, just, it, use it or lose it. Exactly. It so, becomes a well-oiled machine the yeah. more you work yeah. it. And our bodies want to... We talk about homeostasis, which is our resting state. Our bodies want to work as efficiently as we can without utilizing as much energy that's mm-hmm. needed. So as we exercise, our bodies are going to adapt through the overload principle. Um, and that it, that that ties in with our blood pressure and our pulse. That's why when you exercise, your resting heart rate will lower mm-hmm. because your body doesn't have to work as hard to push enough blood through. So you don't need as many beats per minute. Mm -hmm. Um, And same thing with blood pressure. We don't have to really force that blood, especially if we have really healthy arteries and they're not, we don't have any, um, uh, any issues with buildup or anything like that. Then we don't Mm -hmm. need as much force to get as much blood through. Right. And so, I mean, and so some of the other things we kind of talked about, like lifestyle is a big Mm -hmm. determinant on, on just your overall health, of course, but specifically does affect your blood pressure. Uh, so things like, you know, also your age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not necessarily lifestyle, like you can't help right. your age. You can't help your age. And you also can't help genetics. And that's kind of a part of why I included that as a title, because it does play a role. If you are disposed to having predisposed to having mm-hmm. high blood pressure, you want to yeah. make sure that you're eating and exercising and doing the right things to right. kind of counteract it. Yeah. There are a lot of different risk factors that can lead to high blood pressure. And two of them that we can't do anything about are, or, you know, our age, obviously, Mm -hmm. and genetics. However, there are more risk factors. The idea is as we age, we want those to be the only risk factors, right? right? We Mm -hmm. don't want the unhealthy lifestyle, the low physical activity, the poor diet, um, uh, smoking, things like that. We don't Mm -hmm. want those, um, or other substance use, I guess. We don't I was want to say like caffeine, <laughs> yeah, alcohol, I mean, cal- like anything. Caffeine, nicotine, alcohol, all of that stuff, any type of substance use or um, overuse um, can play a role. And so, I, our, our, I, if as we get through our life, if the only two risk factors we have for high blood pressure are our age mm-hmm. and if it's genetic, then that's you're pretty good. That's the goal, right? Yeah. Right, because those are out of your out of your control. <clears throat> so let's talk about some lifestyle things. Sure. Um, a lot of people 
you know, you definitely like exercise, diet, mm-hmm. um, and diet. I do want to really also specify is like drinking, mm-hmm. um, even caffeine. Yes. So alcohol, caffeine, smoking, those things I think are sometimes overlooked as like, oh, I don't do it as much or just here and there. Yep. Uh, but those do have a lasting effect. But also thinking about stress and managing your stress. I mean, if you've ever been in a stressful situation, I can probably think of two or three right off the top of my head just in the past month. (laughs) If you're stressed, because we're also buying a house, you know, so that brings stress, but, um, your heart rate rises when you, and like, I think most people would recognize that like they have an elevated heart rate Mm -hmm. and ultimately that can kind of transcend into issues with your heart if Mm -hmm. you don't manage your stress and you're always having those events pop up where you can't kind of rein it in a Mm -hmm. little bit yeah and stress it's tough I mean when we think of exercise yes that's a stress it's but it's an acute stress that we place on our body um and our body chronic yeah it's not (laughs) chronic stress um so stress does play into it stress elevates um both of those numbers so our Mm -hmm. systolic and our diastolic um in those stressful events and um or it could be you know over time it could be chronically for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely sleep is going to be probably the next one you're going to bring up. <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, that's a, that's a huge one. Yeah. I mean, I, our bodies do so much recovery and repair when we're sleeping. And so it, it's, it's not just our muscles. It's not just, you know, letting those rest and recover. It's letting mm-hmm. our entire system, nervous system, cardiovascular system, everything There's resets so and recovers much. when yeah. you sleep. And so, well, and if you're stressed, sometimes you don't, you don't sleep exactly. very well. So it's a really nasty cycle that I do feel like at least with outside of the lifestyle mm-hmm. stuff, um, yeah. although it is a little lifestyle related, but the stress part can really spiral into other things yep. because then that also so I think well, we've talked about it hormone before regulation and, and all, like, yeah. and then the hormone regulation can adjust like your appetite and like not eating or overeating mm-hmm. and your mood. And, um, so stress can really be kind of that initial, like my blood pressure is high, but I'm exercising and eating right. right. Maybe I need to look at, you know, my mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's definitely something to consider. So, um, what so let's kind of backtrack a little bit sure. and talk about the healthy versus abnormal ranges. Oh, yeah. I think we skipped over that, but it's really important to kind of note. So these have kind of changed a little bit. Can you talk about what the changes yeah. are? And they're it's the American Heart Association, right? Yeah, and so it was <clears throat> it was back in 2018, I believe, is when these changes kind of. I said in the beginning, you know, we always think of 120 over 80 as the norm. And it's actually Mm -hmm. anything under 120 over 80. Um, That's kind of the ceiling. After that, that's especially with, you know, true resting conditions. Mm -hmm. um, That's when we start to see um, a jump in risk factors for other cardiovascular diseases, um, including high blood pressure, but others others as well. And so we have some uh, new blood pressure categories that the American Heart Association has put out. And what's nice is they have, you know, normal, and then they have the old readings used to be you would just go from normal straight into 
you know, pre-hypertension, hypertension stage one, stage mm-hmm. two, stage. And so now what we have is an elevated. We have this. They have a little uh, it's like a buffer, like what? Yeah, nine, and nine I like I like the colors. So normal yeah. normal is green, yellow is elevated, and what we call elevated now is going to be where you go to your doctor, you have a higher reading where your systolic is somewhere between one twenty and one twenty nine. Um, but your diastolic is still less than 80. So your diastolic is still okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that could be an, a, that could be a, a stressful situation. That could be something, you know, where you're not sleeping. Um, I'm in the trenches right now with an eight month old, so mm-hmm. I'm getting up once, twice a night. So I'm not sleeping well. So I'm sure my systolic blood pressure is elevated slightly from what my normal usually is. It's not that high, but it's high for me. Mm-hmm. And so we get this elevated range where a doctor can say, Hey, Instead of just pushing medication, let's look at some changes we can make and see if that helps first. I love it. Yeah. And that's the big thing now is that it's just, you know, getting other individuals involved. So health coaches, Mm -hmm. exercise um, professionals, you know, all of that where it's going to be, you know, coaches where they can get that help from other professionals as well. Because you leave the doctor's office, you know, you're in there for what, 10, 15 minutes. They tell you you have elevated blood pressure and they are like, hey, clean up your diet and start working out. And then it's like, uh, okay. And then, so just more resources to kind of say, hey, here's some individuals who can help you out with keeping this on track. I'll see you in six months or a year or whatever. See what it is then. Right. And I like having that buffer range because a lot of people after being told something like that kind of have like this overwhelming like well what do I do now because mm-hmm. I, I hear way too often that people like you said their doctor is like oh you know this is it and we're just probably just gonna have to do medication right but, right um having that wiggle room I think allows for the doctor to kind of push those resources out a little bit easier mm-hmm. um so so yeah so those are definitely some of the Uh, perks to staying current and that's why we have episodes like this you know talking about high blood pressure people are like oh you know it's high blood pressure but you know the ranges have changed and so if anything staying up on uh, the updates uh, is definitely going to be beneficial taking a little bit of ownership for your health so ways to see if you have high blood pressure Um, I know that I especially as students you know sometimes you don't have good health insurance or you don't have a regular primary care provider. Um, and so there are other ways of checking your blood pressure. Um, I'll start out with us, um, our department, we will offer, we offer fitness assessments, but outside of the fitness assessment, if you just want to get your blood pressure checked, although that's a part of an assessment, you can certainly stop by and do that. If you're one of our clients, you're already going to be here for a training session. But even if you're not a client, if you just stop by uh, right now, we're kind of working out of the sport and exercise study suite, which is in Delaware hall room 70077. So it's in the lower level. Um, but anybody here will be able to make sure that you get connected with one of the trainers uh, so that one of us can take your blood pressure and tell you kind of what it means and then what maybe next steps we would encourage you to do like exercise you know talk to your doctor and things like that Um, we'll have you have a seat for a few minutes and you know just try to relax especially if you feel like you're having if something stressful is happening where your blood pressure could be elevated we'll just even just let you relax for a little bit in one of the chairs out in the lobby and just kind of maybe like 10 minutes every yeah, time just yeah. a few minutes to rest get situated yeah um and then it'll be your quote-unquote 
true resting. Yeah. Um, although true resting is like right when you wake up in the morning. Yes. Without an alarm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to roll out of bed. I don't or remember crying, the last time I did that. Or a crying baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but if, you know, if you're elsewhere, some other things that you can consider uh, just in general is uh, there are some pharmacies, I think more so pharmacy places than just the regular grocery store these days. Uh, but they'll have like a seat with a blood pressure cuff in there mm-hmm. and you just kind of stick your arm in there. I don't know if you yep. um, oh, yeah. have seen one recently, but I saw one not too long ago and that's actually kind of what brought up doing this. I'm like, Oh, blood pressure. Yeah. Like I remember being a kid, I had no we, idea we what it was. Slip in there. But a lot of the times if, it, if a grocery store does have a pharmacy, which I feel like so many of them do these days, yeah. they may have one. Um, so you can certainly stop by your local uh, grocery store or pharmacy area. Um, but often your insurance will cover it or mm-hmm. assist with payment of a blood pressure cuff. Um, and they have like the automated machines yeah, so that like you don't really digital, have to know yeah. what you're doing. It kind of just does it all for right. you. Yep. Um, and so that's a really nice, but they're also very affordable. I yeah. think I bought one not too long ago for maybe like 20 bucks. Yeah. So and the, the cuff that goes on your upper arm, that's going to be most um, accurate. A lot of insurance companies also will pay for like their wrist cuffs. Mm-hmm. They're not they're okay. They're not as accurate. But the one thing also is when you're doing that, you want to make sure that you have the right size mm-hmm. cuff. Because if you have a larger arm and you're using a normal size cuff, it'll give you a higher reading. So you want right. to make sure that you have the right size cuff, even if you do get a digital one. Because like I said, most of those just come with the normal adult size mm-hmm. cuff. Right. There is kind of that, that standard adult size. Um, and then people who are like younger, like they have a child cuff, which oh, I yeah, don't yeah. know the ages and it might depend on the manufacturer it's for really what they the recommend. It's really the size of the arm, okay. to be honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's a there's definitely some other resources that you can take advantage of. Um, but I do want to really encourage all of the listeners uh, today to check in with your provider, with your doctor, um, and just see where you're at. Um, I think part of American Heart Month is about educating yourself, not just about the topic at hand, but what you're working with. Everybody's got a different body, a different predisposition genetically, or everybody lives different lifestyles. So it's really important to make sure that you do know what your blood pressure is on a regular basis, you know, even just once a month or something, because like we said, it can ebb and flow depending on all kinds of factors. So definitely really important to make sure that you are up to date with what your blood pressure is. For sure. Yeah. So any last thoughts? No. Um, yeah. Just when you go to the doctor and they take your blood pressure, ask them. Cause a lot of times they'll just be like, okay. And write it down. And you're like, is mm-hmm. it good? Is it bad? Which if it was bad, they'd probably say something, but it's still yeah. good to know those numbers for sure. Yeah. And if you have questions, they can definitely elaborate. So if you were here. Yeah. You know, and you got a blood pressure here and then it may, maybe something. It. Yeah. yeah. So kind of just making sure that you, you reach it. out and ask questions to us or to your doctor. If you have any questions, that is all for today. Thank you so much for being on Don. Thank you.